okay? Can you guys hear me all right? If it's not, pick, uh, you know, women have, women have issues with lapel mics. So if this isn't going to work, I can pick up a handheld too. So well, th I want to thank you all for coming out to church today. You know, this is an important time of the week for us. It shouldn't be the only time you're fed the word of God during the week, but it is an important time that we come and we, we feed as a flock, right? We're all hearing the same message, the same word, and we're going somewhere together. So I'm thankful for you to come. Thankful for you to be here. How's my level? Good? Well, it doesn't really, it's not really pointing at me. Is that better? Check. Testing. One, two, check. All right. Well, just give me a signal if I need to switch. I can switch. Um, so our front row is a little empty. These guys are holding it down here, but uh, Pastor Cam and Candice are away. I don't even think we mentioned where they went, but last uh, after church last Sunday, they headed to Canmore for an Impacting Canada Church Leader um, Summit or gathering, and that's something that we have attended with them a couple years, and this year they went alone, and it is it is a great time for them. Let me tell you, the amount of connection and encouraging they can get from other leaders in the family of churches we belong to is so valuable. And not only that, they're able to have a little bit of a holiday uh, attached on after that. So praise the Lord for holidays for those that lead us. They need it. Amen? We all need holidays. We all need to take time to be built up and to rest. And so they're there. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Pastor Ray and Linda are ministering in Dauphin today. If that's a lie, I apologize. <laughs> I think that's right, but Saskatoon. At a wedding. At a wedding. So they're minister you know, they minister wherever they go. <laughs> I knew someone would know if I was wrong, if I was lying or not. Good. Okay, set me straight. But you know what? We are so blessed in this church to have pastoral staff like that, and I think that we just need to lift them up. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come together as a body of believers. As a, as a flock of sheep, and we lift up our shepherds. We lift up our pastors. We bring them before you, God, and we pray for them. We pray that they would be strengthened and encouraged. We pray that you would minister to their spirits, that they would have refreshing on the inside. God, speak to them the words that we need to hear from them. Give them what they need to be able to do what you've called them to do. And Father, help us. Help us to be good, a good flock, Help us to be a good congregation, people that bless our pastors, people that follow and that are easy to lead. Help us, Holy Spirit, be easy to lead. We submit ourselves to you and to your leadership as the good shepherd. Lord Jesus, you are king of kings, and you are Lord of this church, and we thank you that you have chosen and placed these people to care for us and for us to care for them. So we lift them up, and we pray for them. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. Well, this, is, this will be interesting. Last time that I spoke to you was back in August. So this will be quite impressive if you remember something from what I talked about. <laughs> Sunday school answer for the win. <laughs> That's all right. Last time in August, I talked about, basically, it came down to this sentence, a real relationship with Jesus will produce real faith in Jesus, and real faith is the only way to get real results. How many think that if you're doing something on purpose, you should be enjoying the results of that? Like, if you were going to go on a diet, 
and not get any good results from it, what would be the point? You know what I'm saying? If you're going to go to the gym and you're going to pump the iron and you're not going to see any results from it, why do it? Well, there is a big why of being, in part, in being a part of the kingdom because there is benefits upon benefits of being one of the king's kids. And we need to know that. But the key to that is getting to know God for yourself. You can't receive from a God that isn't your God. You might believe he is God, and you might believe that he's good to other people, but if you don't believe that he is your God and that he's good to you, it shuts the door. It shuts the door to blessing in your life. It shuts the door to real results in your life. And let me tell you something. God doesn't want that. He, he wants the open door, the door open to you, more than you want the door open to you. Let that sink in. Okay? So, <clears throat> do I have any card players here today? Don't be ashamed. I know we're in church. Card players, I mean, it could be Uno, Canasta, Poker. No. <laughs> I know, you're dealing, dealing out the cards. Because I, because I have this picture, and how many know Jesus used pictures and examples all the time in the Bible to help us understand the spirit realm? And I believe the Lord has given me this, given me this picture, and he's used um, a lady named Audrey Mack um, to help me just have this picture. And so I thought I'd share it with you. So I'm saying get to know God for yourself. And I'm saying sit down at the table and get dealt into the game. Okay? Now, time and conversation is how we build relationships. So our time and our conversation with Jesus is how we are dealt cards of revelation, cards of truth. And so the more time you spend in your relationship with the Lord, the more cards you should be getting into your, into your hand. Like... <clears throat> When you become born again, you are dealt a major card. Salvation of your, of your spirit and your soul. You know that you're going to heaven after this life here on earth. I mean, that's a major card to have in your hand. That is like a trump card. So you get that card in. So I brought something. Anyone know what this is? Card holder is right. This is super good if you have young kids and you're trying to play card games with them. So you put your, you put your salvation card in there. I'm going to heaven. That is my place. I belong there. So that's a revelation. I mean, there's, there's so many. You might, you might learn, if you come to Solid Rock Church, especially since uh, 2019 hit, you would know that when you're in the kingdom of God, you, you receive the blessing of God. And I mean, that covers so much, but let's just put in, got the blessing card. And then when you're talking about faith, you know that you need to have faith. So you put in your faith card. But then you know that it's not just by faith, but it's grace that we get by faith. So you've got your faith card and your grace card. I mean, the blessing says that you're healed. The blessing says that you prosper. The blessing says that you can have wisdom. Anybody else? Any other, anything else? You get all these cards. And not only do you get those, those kind of like prompt key cards of promise, but you get other cards like, well, I'm going to speak to that mountain. That's a strategy. Another strategy is just be silent and rest. 
I mean, there's different strategies like praise and worship. Get that card in. I'm getting a lot of cards, hey? And cards are good. Because the more cards you have, the better chance of you having a good play to make. The better chance of you having the perfect thing when it comes up. Because when you're playing cards, who knows that the opposing player and what they play has an effect on what you're going to do, on your next move. That makes sense, right? Well, let me tell you what. In this game, and you, you know this, in this game, if we can call it that, of our time here on earth, you have been given the victory. Your game has already been won. Jesus won the game for us. Don't think that, that what you're doing here on earth is going to win you something. It's not going to win you the prize. Jesus won it for you. So you're playing this game knowing, well, I'm already the winner, obviously. But what do you do when it's your turn to play a card? Opposing player puts down something that looks pretty hard to bear, like the plus four, change the color. Four cards. That's like the killer, right? But what card do you play, and when do you play it? I'm not talking about real Uno, guys. I'm talking about life. <laughs> so this is what, keep this in mind. We're going to come back to it. Because I want to look in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to take us on a little journey here this morning. Jesus, please help it make sense to everyone. But you know what? I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is here to minister to us. And do you know that he can minister some and say something to you beyond what I'm saying? It might not even have anything to do with this little message that, that I'm preaching this morning. But the Holy Spirit is here. Do you believe that? The Holy Spirit is here to minister to you what you need today. So I'm trusting him to do that and that this does not come across as all over the map. But let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Because I want you to see that we have been given the victory. We've already won. In the New King, I'm, I'm going to go over all different translations. So New King James. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus won the victory, and so the victory is already ours. Amen? Amen. Romans 8.37, then, in the Passion Translation, it says, Yet in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. I love how strong and bold that scripture is. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So God has already given us the victory through Jesus. When we believe in him and we receive him, we immediately receive victory over sin and death. Immediately. It's like the game is over. We have the victory. But if that is true then why are so many believers, Christians, struggling in the game? Why do we come to so many situations where we're just like, not winning, not winning, not winning? That should not be. 
It shouldn't be, because look at this hand. There's got to be a play here. There's got to be an answer. So let's look at the next point. Not only have we been given the victory, but we are also led to the victory. Led to the victory. 2 Corinthians 2.14 in the New King James. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. He's got the destination of victory over there, and he's got us on the way there. Let's look at that verse, same verse, 2 Corinthians 2.14, in the Passion Translation. God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. He includes us as his partners in triumph. And I like this because it, it's a perfect segue into my next point. So just, I just had to have it. It's just, the spirit is so good. He just puts everything together. So God didn't just provide the victory, but he, but he gave us the partner that we needed to get us there. So just let me, I gotta just do this because I'm sort of like a visual person. And so I'm gonna try to help you. I wanted to have some props. I just couldn't make a giant teeter-totter that would work. So we're just gonna pretend that we've got a big balancing teeter-totter here, and this is, I'm in the center right now, so there's a plank out here and a plank out there. I was asking Ryan, is there any way I can make this? And he's like, I think you just need to take us on a mental journey with you. So <laughs> I think that was wisdom, because that was yesterday at like supper time. So, <clears throat> so here's my plank, I'm in the middle. And so on this side, we talked about the victory. There's the victory right there. And then on this side, We've got the path to victory. The path to victory. So let's move on, remembering partnership. We're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. In the Passion. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you escape the corrupt desires that are in the world. By the power of the tremendous promises you've received, you will experience partnership. So for the sake of this imaginary balance scale, the victory is the promise. The victory and the promise are on this side. Over here, we've got the, the way to victory, the path to victory, and the partnership. The path to victory and the partnership. Now it says, the beginning of that verse said, as a result of this, well, we didn't read what, what caused it, right? We just read the result, that the, the tremendous promises bring the partnership. But let's back up to verse 3 
and read what, what brought the promise and the partnership. And it says everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Wow. For all this was lavished upon us, and this is, this is how, through the rich experience of knowing him, who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through the glorious manifestation of goodness. Who was the glorious manifestation of goodness? Sunday school kids? Jesus. That is the right answer. Jesus, it was the manifestation of goodness that invited us to know God for ourselves. And when we know God for ourselves, his divine nature is deposited in us. And with that divine nature comes the partnership and the promise. Listen to in to this passage in the message. And listen to the emphasis on on you knowing God. You and him, okay? Grace and peace to you many times over. So it's like multiplied grace and peace to you as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus our master. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. How? By getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. Best invitation we ever received. (laughs) I love the message sometimes. It's just perfect. And listen, in Amplified, getting to know personally and intimately is described as the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God. And I love how that adds it's the precise and correct knowledge of God. Because sometimes religion says one thing about God and it's wrong. But when we experience God for ourselves, it is the precise and correct knowledge of him that we receive. The cards that we receive in our hand. That was a little bit of a bunny trail, but let's go back to the victory, the promise, the path to victory, the partnership. See, our, our, ba- our, our uh, teeter-totter is pretty balanced so far. And that's good. Balance is good. I'm going to take it further. And I want to talk to you about a couple more things we're going to put on this balance here. We're going to go to Matthew 16. We're going to go through verses 15 to 19. New King James. This is Jesus, and he's just chatting with his disciples, and he's, he asked them one question. He's like, so, fellas, who are people saying I am? And they tell him what they've heard, people calling him. And he's like, hmm, so who do you say that I am? Personal. Immediately, it's personal, right? And I love how they're all sitting silent, looking at each other like, uh. And Peter, you can always count on Peter to say something, good or bad. But in this case, it was good. We all know someone like that, don't we? We do. But in this case... He was inspired by something the Lord revealed to him in this moment, and, it's, and it is good. And it was the right thing to say. So Simon Peter answered, and he said, You are the Christ, the Son 
of the living God. And I bet Jesus was just like, I'll go, Peter. Yes. Nailed it. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh, I don't know what Barjona, is that his last name? I don't really know what that means. But for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven has revealed this. And I also say that you are Peter, which means rock, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is he saying? He's saying that revelation that you just had, I'm going to call you Peter because you had that revelation that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, and it's on the rock of that revelation that I'm going to build my church. That is the solid rock that the church is built on. That's the solid rock every believer's life has to be built on. And it will be, that's the foundation. So, that's not even my message. I can't stay there too long or else it won't get done. And I also say that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19 is a big deal. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I really like the passion translation of this verse, because to me it brings much more, it, it, it makes much more sense. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. Verse 19 in the passion, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that, is, that which is forbidden in heaven, and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. To me, that paints a much more accurate picture of what we're to be doing, of what he was planning for the church to be doing with the keys that he was going to give them. <clears throat> so, keys. I think it's interesting that he used that word because what do we do with keys? Why do we need them? <clears throat> what? Open and close, unlock, lock. And what kind of things do we, do we lock up in natural, in the natural? Valuables. The precious things are what we put, are what we lock up. Now, do we lock them up to keep them from us? Or do we lock up our precious things to keep them safe for us. Because I think the church has spent too much time doubting God's goodness and thinking that he has been withholding your treasure from you because you're not good enough, because you haven't said the right words, because you haven't prayed. A list of reasons why you think your good heavenly father is keeping his goodness and benefits from you. Church, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That was the first lie the enemy ever used in the garden was to make mankind doubt God's goodness. He said to Eve, God just doesn't want you to have, to be like him. Do you think he wanted? That was such a lie. God had just created them in his exact image. 
our job in life, our mission, the why we're here is for us to be like our Father God. And the church has spent too much time thinking that he's locked our blessing up from us. Church, he has locked your victory and your blessing up for you to find. Because what would happen if it was just out in the open? What if you went like this to your enemy? To your opposing... They're not enemies when you're playing cards. Whoa, calm down. (laughs) To your opposing player, you're standing there here with all your cards out in the open. He would steal the play. He would steal your victory. Your victory is locked up to keep it for you. For you to access it when you need it. I just, oh, I'm just like Pastor Judas Smith when we watched, he's just feisty this morning. I'm feisty. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just feisty. I'm mad at the devil. I am, and you should be too. Keys are meant to lock up the precious things and to keep the enemy out. I want you to think of your victory and your life and your blessings and your answers like that. Because Jesus said, I will give you the keys. You don't give someone keys that you don't want getting in. Am I right? That just is way too obvious. Sometimes the word is like so obvious. You have to have help to mess it up. So keys are are an example of something. Keys are a symbol of two things. And I think these are probably not an exhaustive list of what Jesus was referring to when when he said keys, but I think they're two really good ones. And the keys are a symbol of authority and power. Authority and power. John 20... 19 to 22. I'm in the New Living Translation for this one. This is after Jesus has died on the cross and he's risen from the dead and he is still on earth appearing to the disciples before he goes to heaven. And it says that that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be to you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. But listen to what he did then. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this was not the coming of the Holy Spirit that happens in the book of Acts after Jesus has gone to be with the Father. But he breathed on them, and and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the new birth experience. When he breathed on them, that was the same way that he breathed on the body of man, Adam, the first at creation. The Bible says in Genesis that, that the Lord breathed life into him. And it wasn't like, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland does what teaches on this really well. Because you kind of get this picture like, <laughs> someone just breathing in your face. like, Ugh. But it was the, 
it was God releasing, like what comes out of God is, is life. It was what made that body become a living spirit. And the same thing happened. That the condition of man, that spirit died. So what had to happen, it had to be reborn. And the only way it could be reborn was with, a, was with another breath of God. And this was when the disciples became born again. Born again. And that was when they received authority. And then we see again in Matthew 28, Jesus is getting ready to ascend and go up to heaven and be with, to sit at the right hand of the Father. And he says to them, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, and he held out the keys, he said, go. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. The keys of authority and power, well, I won't talk about power, let's say the key of authority was given to mankind in the garden. Mankind gave it over to Satan, gave the keys of the kingdom, can you imagine, over to the enemy of the king. That was high treason. And man paid the price for that. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the full payment of the price of sin, the price of that sin. He paid full payment for it. And he went down into hell, the Bible says, and he got back the keys. Glory to God. And he didn't steal them. He went and paid for them and got the keys back. That key of authority that the enemy stole got ripped from him and brought back to us, who it rightfully belonged to. And he gave it back to us, and he said, here you go. This time we're going to do it together, and this time there'll be no stopping us. Authority. We have been given the key of authority. The key of authority through the promise is our victory. This side of the tear tower got a little bit heavy. So now we need to find it. Now we need to go to the other side. The power. Luke 24, 49. In the Passion Translation, I will send, this is Jesus, also preparing them for when he's going to leave and ascend to heaven. He had a lot of things he needed to tell them, so he got all, all the important things, and he said, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. See, at this point, they already have the Holy Spirit in them. Their, their spirits have been reborn and they are now connected to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in them. Just like if you have a drink of water, that water is in you. And Jesus is talking about Holy Spirit coming upon you, wrapping around you. This is a different experience than what they've had before. This is something else. 
And this is what he's talking about. In Acts 2, verses 1 to 4, this is when it happened. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them, and they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. This is an experience only for those who have first been born again and have the Spirit on the inside of them. The Spirit comes upon where the Spirit already is within. And this is talking about more than just having a drink on the inside of you. This is the measure of the Spirit that comes upon you, like a baptism, where you are fully immersed and you're all wet on the outside. This is the overflowing of the Holy Spirit, the overflowing of... That's the power There's the authority, but there's the power on the other side. The power through the partnership is the path to your victory. Should I say that one more time? The power through the partnership is your path to your victory. This is a second experience, and there are many in the church who don't, who have their teeter-totter tilted like this, because they don't have the balance and they haven't received the power of the Holy Spirit. And that wasn't how it was meant to be. Now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you any, any less. It's not, about your, it's not about being saved. It's about, it's about your journey here and now, your way to your victory. It should be filled with power. As a born-again believer, we should not be powerless. Our deck should be stacked. Do you know what it means to stack the deck? Let me tell you, some people call it cheating. But I like this definition of it. Where do I have that? It really is diplomatic. It says fixing something so a desired outcome is achieved. Our deck is stacked. And to the devil, it's like we're cheating. It's not cheating. It's been done and paid for, and this is who we are. We are king's kids with a king's promise and the king's partnership to, for us to win every time. For us to win every time. And I know when we think about that, immediately we think of things in our lives. Well, I'm not, I don't think I'm winning there. <laughs> Feels like I'm losing that battle. Well, good. It's good you're aware of that because there's an answer for you. There's a card for you to play. There's some, there's some action that needs to happen. And what you need, you need the power through the partnership. Power through the partnership to lead you on that path. And this is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. With the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. I'll get back to that. But I just, wanted, I just want to encourage you with what the role of the Holy Spirit. What is the role of the Holy Spirit 
Let's look at John 16, verse 7. In the Amplified, it says, However, I am telling you, this is Jesus telling them all these important things again. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it's profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away. Jesus is telling them, when he's here on earth, he's telling them, it's better for you if I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, and you know the Amplified just uses all the words that are given, comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. What a name. What a, what a, what a person he is. He will not come to you if I'm still here. He will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Jesus is not a promise breaker. He left and he sent Holy Spirit who operates the same way Jesus operated, except he's not limited by one physical body. Imagine what Jesus could have done on earth if he had an army of himself. Well, he does, church. Today he does. He has an army of himself because the spirit that was in him is now in you. Is now in you. And the spirit, when he sent him, is supposed to be on you as well. John 14, 16. Well, I didn't even talk about what the Holy Spirit does. So I said uh, that the Holy Spirit will... He's all those things to us. The counselor. He's your helper. He's the one speaking up for you and on your behalf. He's interceding for you, strengthening you. He's standby, always there, always on. And he is meant to be in close fellowship with us. Then in John 14, verse 16, the New Living, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. And he is the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He leads into all truth. How do we gain any cards? He leads us and deals out those cards of truth into our lives. John 14, 26, and when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am really thankful for reminders. I make notes to myself all the time, put reminders into my phone so that I, why do I do that? So it's really obvious. So I don't forget. Reminders are so that we don't forget. And he, the Holy, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to remind you of everything Jesus has told you. John 16, 13, <clears throat> New King James. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Things to come. New Living says he'll tell you about the future. That is like cheating. That is stacking the deck. That's like knowing what the other player is going to play before they play it, and you've already got your next play planned and ready to go, winning the game. This is powerful, because this is not just a good, sweet message. This is something that you can use in your life for whatever you're dealing with. Because trust me, we're all dealing with something. You think we walk through life just because we're born again and with, without any problems, without any situations? That is not true. 
We have things we need to deal with, but we have what we need to win. We have the power through the partnership that leads us to victory. But we can't do it without the power. We weren't meant to carry the weight of just all this authority and no wisdom on how to use it. I don't know why this example came to me, but it's like when we have something in our lives that goes wrong or something we're like, I don't know what to do about this. And it, for some reason, we tend to just like go to that vending machine and there's like all these beautiful things that look delicious from the kingdom of God. And we're just like, okay, thank you, Jesus. I did this, put my coins in, and I need a healing, E5. And it, the thing starts to move and the healing starts to come, and you know it gets hung up on that coily thing every time. And you're just like, no, come on, come on. We, there is no reason why we should be treating the kingdom of God and the goodness of God like that. Because Jesus gave us the keys to that vending machine. So we're in there with our arm trying to get the circulation cut off and we're trying to reach in and and then you get caught by the security guard. (laughs) All the while, we've got the keys to the machine in our pocket. We've got the authority and the power to access every benefit that belongs to us in the kingdom. There's no need for us to struggle like that. What we need to be doing is building our relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit who shows us who Jesus is and Jesus leads us to the Father. Your personal relationship with the Lord, your personal experience with Him is the determining factor in this equation. And that's good news, just in case you were wondering. That's good news because... Friends, we can change. Glory to God. Just say, I can change. What needs to be changed? That is a revelation for someone here today, that you can change. Old dogs can learn new tricks. This is true. Now, I just want to give you... I just want to give you a couple examples so that you know I'm human. You know I'm human? I am human. But, okay, I'll give you some, of the, some examples in life. Because you know what? The, you don't have to understand how all this works to experience it in your own life. You don't have to have it. You don't have to have it all figured out for, for the things of God to work for you. It just helps us sometimes. So um, I think it was maybe after I had been, it's a little bit of a blur. I had three kids pretty close together. And so somewhere in that time, I had a really painful back. Thing that would just like one of those things would be fine, and all of a sudden, uh, like reach down, like oh, can't move, hurts so bad, <laughs> and then it, it would like just slowly ease up, oh, and then go about the day, right? Like totally normal. No, that should not be normal. But and I was de- so I was just dealing with this thing, and you know I'm thinking I believe in healing, I believe I receive healing. And I was thinking about it and receiving from the Lord. And it just seemed like it wasn't getting better. And I didn't really know why. So one morning, 
in my time with him. I want you to hear that part of the story. It's not like this just appeared. In my time seeking him, the Lord. I happen to just be reading in James that, that scripture that says, a double-minded man can't receive anything from the Lord. And instantly, boop, there was the card you need to play. Holy Spirit said, that's it. You're being double-minded about it. I thought, okay. Lord, forgive me for being double-minded about this. I just received your healing. Card played. And I just went about my life. I can't even tell you how many days or if it was weeks. I all of a sudden had the thought, wait a minute. I haven't had that back pain. I haven't had it since. Is that something, is that because I'm someone special or because I just got the right vibe that day? No. The Holy Spirit highlighted something to me, and it was what I needed to unlock my victory. Here's another example. Um, probably most of you could relate to this. I can't even remember what I was stressing about. But let me tell you, there were lots of, it was lots of things, and at the moment they were really important. And I just didn't know what, they, what was going to happen, what to do. And you know you're laying in bed, and you're supposed to be going to sleep, and you're just like, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And I just felt the Holy Spirit just just highlight something to me. And it was something I had heard and read in the Word and in my time with him, and it was, cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. And, and specifically, he highlighted the word cast because, you know, uh, one way I hear that is cast, like a fisherman catches and then you reel it in. And he's like, don't cast like a fisherman and reel it back in. Cast it away and keep it over there. And I was like... Oh, I get it. Cast. Like, cast, cast. Not reel it in. Okay, good. And then I was like, okay, how do I do that? And, and he just brought up, bring it all, if a thought comes up, put it, lay it before me. Like, throw it at me. Like, it sounds silly when I'm telling you, but it, in the moment, it's real. And I'm hoping that you have real moments like this, too, where you may feel silly, but do it. It's the Holy Spirit. And... And so I would come, the thought would come up, I'd say, nope. The next thought, nope. <laughs> and I just, and I threw my cares at Jesus. And he didn't throw them back. Again, that was the holy power of the Holy Spirit to know what to do and when to do it. We don't have to have some kind of superpower. Our deck is already stacked. I'm going to give you one more example, just because this is real life. I'm just telling you. So this happened maybe a few months ago, and for whatever reason, I don't, again, I don't even remember it because it, 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 was, it wasn't a big thing. But at the moment, it was like bedtime, and Mayel is like feeling seriously not good. Like, just, she can't say why, but her stomach just was really bothering her, and her head was really hurting, and she hadn't quite been acting herself all evening. And so I'm like... Take a drink and head to bed. You'll be fine in the morning. Like, that's usually my prescription. And, uh... <laughs> I'm saying, like, right. Like, we don't need... I make very... Like, if there's a situation, we deal with it. But we also don't make sickness... A big deal out of sickness in our house. We just don't. So, anyways, 
But at the same time, as I'm doing like dealing with her in my, in my way, I hear, I hear some thoughts coming from back here. Maybe it's something real serious this time. Who said that? <laughs> Maybe it's something that you'll be in the emergency room with in a few hours. What are you going to do? Or how are you going to arrange that? Are you going to go? Or Ryan, is Ryan going to go? Are the, who's going to stay with the boys? Would you drop them off at your parents' place? I'm like, who is thinking these thoughts? And, it, and it, like, it's real. These things, these thoughts are real, okay? And, and I just feel the Spirit showing me, stop those thoughts. Just stop thinking about them. Okay, if he says stop, I'll stop. And I mean, that goes back to, kind of, I don't know if it's First or Second Corinthians, but when we take our thoughts into captivity of Christ, that's scriptural, and that's already in me. And so that's coming out. And, and then I go to bed. It's time to go to bed. I was kind of distracted before, wasn't thinking about her, and all of a sudden it's time to go to bed. I'm like, maybe I should go check on her. That doesn't sound bad, right? Go check on her. But let me tell you <clears throat> that I don't, I'm not normally the one that goes in and checks on her at bedtime. I usually check on the boys. It's just a routine. I don't know. And so the Holy Spirit said, is that something you'd normally do? And that comes as a thought as well. The Holy Spirit, you know, his thoughts come as well. Is that something you'd normally do? And I thought, nope. And he said, why would you do that? And I had, he could see right through me. I said, it's because I'm afraid something's wrong. So for me to go and check on her would be wrong. That wouldn't be faith. That would be fear. And it's serious. When you start opening the door to fear, what you fear can have access to you then. And I felt the weight of that moment, whether... I mean, I don't know. I will never know what could have or would have happened had I gone in and checked on her, because I didn't. But this is real life. This is Holy Spirit saying, why would you do that? Faith is fear. And I played my faith card. And I went to bed and I slept like a rock. She woke up perfectly fine. Coincidence? I guess you could think maybe it was. But I was in that moment. I lived it. Those thoughts and those feelings were real, and I won. I won. I won that. That's a win. Put it in the stats. We should all be having those. You should be winning in life. You can win in life. And I feel like the Spirit just was highlighting to me that there's probably people here today, I know there's people here today, that you've been struggling with something, struggling to receive an answer, a breakthrough. God wants you to have it more than you want to have it. And he wants you to receive it sooner than later. The new birth is the first experience that we ever have with Holy Spirit. The second experience is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, I don't have time to teach on tongues and receiving the Holy Spirit, but I can just tell you 
from someone who speaks in tongues and has experienced this power. It is good. It's of God. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. The word says that it's for us and that it's for today. If you need, if you don't know anything about it, we do have things at the post that can help you. We've got some really good teaching books that can lay it out. And if you've been taught wrong about tongues, that's also something you need to deal with. I'll just give you some, just like super brief. But tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Filled to overflowing. Tongues are words inspired by Holy Spirit and spoken by a born-again individual where the speaker doesn't understand with their natural mind the words that they're saying. There are different uses and purposes for tongues, but they're all the same in essence. They can be used as a sign. They can be used for ministry. And primarily, they're used for personal and private use to build you up and charge you up and to give you power through your partnership with Holy Spirit that will lead you to your victory. The infilling of the Holy Spirit and the practice of praying in other tongues on a regular basis is how we are best led to victories. And we're best led because it connects us to God in a way that our mind can't get in the way. Our wrong believing can't get in the way when we're praying in tongues because we're praying the perfect prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is is as easy as being saved and receiving him on the inside of you. Luke 11 Verses 11 to 13, Jesus said this, Let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she asked for an egg? Of course not. Imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need. Well, how much more Will the perfect Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? The fullness of the Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the complete infilling of him. And if you have never received that before, and you feel like you have a power, a lack of power problem in your life, I'm just going to tell you, you you haven't received that key yet. And all, all you need to do is receive it. And some of you here are probably have received that key before, have received that initial infilling, the initial baptism of the Holy Spirit, and have maybe spoken tongues before. Well, if you're experiencing a power problem, you just haven't been praying in tongues enough. You need to be refilled. There's refillings available. Many. It's, it's limitless how many fillings we can receive once we receive the, the initial infilling. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we get some music on, guys? And why don't you just stand up this morning? Just going to let the Holy Spirit minister here. Because church, just something a little softer, more worshipful. The Holy Spirit is here to give you what you need. And you weren't meant to leave this place today the same way that you came. 
Holy Spirit, we give you room to work here this morning. Holy Spirit, you have given us your word and the truth, and you have been revealing to us Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you have never made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, if you've never experienced receiving the Spirit and having being reborn, oh, today is your day. And all you need to say to him is, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I give you all my past. I give you my sin, and I take your gift of righteousness. I take the gift of being right with God. Hallelujah. And I receive, oh, the rebirth of my spirit. I receive your Holy Spirit in me. Hallelujah. And if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then you should today. Do you need it to be saved? No. But do you need it to win? Yes. Do you need it on your path to victory? Absolutely. We all need that power. And all we have to do is ask and receive. So if you've never done that, why don't you pray this morning? You don't have to say it loud, but it's between you and him. Say, Father God, I'm asking you for the Holy Spirit to fill me. You told me to ask if I wanted it. So I'm asking you now, fill me to overflowing with your spirit. Let your spirit come upon me and wrap around me, filling me and giving me your power and your divine nature and your partnership in my life. Hallelujah. And once you pray that and you believe that and you're asking for that, all you have to do now is open your mouth and say the syllables. Just say it. You're not going to see the words in your mind. You're not going to know what to say before you're saying it because that would be using your natural mind. You're just going to have to say something in a, and it's going to be different and it's going to be something you don't understand. But it's coming from the Spirit. And it's inspired by the Spirit. And it will be your doorway into the supernatural realm. It will be the doorway into you experiencing the power that you need that will lead you to your victory. And if you speak in tongues already, I encourage you, do it more. Do it more. Do it more. Do it more. When you don't know what to pray, pray in tongues. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, if you pray in tongues, let's pray for a minute here. Let's just let the Spirit work. If you've never prayed in tongues before, you do it now. If you've received the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. 
de la onto toko mananashi ke le la onto roko o branesi ti ki paramasu ki kandare o shekahano hoko bariti kanchoto o priba no toko tinamrete te ki toto koma tashata go for it press in press 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 you want more power you have to receive it you have to yield yourself to him and you yield yourself by using your voice we yield our voice to you god we receive the power of the holy spirit the power of the presence the power of the partnership Dela Romano Koshoko, Dela Horshoko Marabashi Kadate Keshoko, Eno Romano Shiki Dede Shiki Dea Brono no Kosho, Meto to Shiki Bashoko Remese, Deshila Moko Brabesi Delko, Kaura Mahesi, Hobra Masite Rebeke, Yeso Kopra Mashika Basho do Brodoso. Oh, you're going to experience a power like you've never felt before. You're going to experience the presence like you've never felt before. Oh, Jesus, we are hungry and we are coming to you. We are coming in the power of your spirit. We're rising in the power of your spirit. Oh, in the partnership we have with you. Oh, our confidence is growing. Oh, our faith is growing. Oh, we're receiving. Oh, we're receiving the keys. Oh, barasikiri. Yes, we receive the keys we receive the keys hallelujah hallelujah oh Jesus oh Jesus we receive the keys we receive the keys we receive the keys we receive the keys I receive the keys you said I receive the keys I receive the keys I receive the keys I receive the keys hallelujah Oh, the authority that you've given and the power that you've given. Oh, oh, we open ourselves up. Oh, we open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that where two on earth agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them. And it's talking about forbidding what's forbidden in heaven, and it's about releasing in heaven and releasing it on releasing what's released in heaven on earth. You know what? I will be your two. I believe with you today that what you need an answer for, you will receive it. I will be your two today. I'm agreeing with you in faith that the power of the Holy Spirit reveals to you what you need to do. Reveals to you the next play. Will reveal to you the enemy's next play and what you need to do about it. Your deck is stacked, church. You come and you go from this place as winners. As winners. We are not a defeated church. And it's time we started acting like it. Acting like the winners we are. Press into your relationship with the Lord. Press into Him. Press into Him. Press, press in. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. You are visiting every hungry heart. Oh, Jesus, we glorify you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
glory to God. Is he doing something on you, church? He's doing something in me. Not just, we all need to go there. We all are. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's close. Oh, Heavenly Father, we're so honored by your presence here today. We're honored that you come and that you fill us and that you draw us in. Oh, that you share with us your revelation, your goodness, your treasures, all the things you've stored up for us to find. We love you. Oh, we, we cherish, we cherish, completely cherish your presence. Thank you for filling us and for feeding us this morning. Oh, we just drink in your, oh, your spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you leave with us here today. Your word says you never will leave us and that you're always with us. So you here today is going out the door with us today. Remind us of your presence. Remind us of the things we've heard. Remind us of the truth that we know and lead us into more truth. We pray it with earnest hearts. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen.